Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We've got a real cool guest sitting on our couch. She uh, rolled in from, where'd you come in from? Toronto. What part of Toronto? <laughs> <laughs> the look that Mark just got right now is priceless. Like, uh, here? Like here from here? this place? I, um, I'm from um, like downtown Toronto, so uh, Dufferin and Bloor. Oh, cool. All right, we got uh, we've we've got something a little bit different today. We don't have well, it's not really fucking different. I mean, we always have someone different all the time. It's it's different in the sense that we haven't had a lot of kins on. So, I, cats out of the bag. We have a kinesiologist on our couch today. Her name is Jamie, and she wants to talk about a few interesting things, mainly about how to integrate kin into the healthcare system and how to, I guess, make patients aware that kins exist and what they do and what they can do for you. And just yeah, before the just mics. Fucking PTA. I, I will tell you a story about that you know, after. Ultrasound dummy. Tell me Aww. how you really feel. Yeah. Well, that's how <laughs> well I, really feel. I mean, yeah. it's unfortunate that a lot of young kins, and I mean, I guess that's why you're here. A lot of young kins come out of school and they don't know what to do. I was one of them. As I said to you off mic, I never became registered. I came out of school. I went back into personal training and then just got really depressed, hated my job and ended up becoming an RMT, which I love. So Mm -hmm. I never really did pursue kinesiology. But a big factor was when I came out of school, I didn't know where my place was. And I, I talked about this with Angela, whom you know. And um, yesterday I had a new client and she's got a laundry list of problems. You know, head to toe, this woman needs work. And she said to me that she recently got a new physio and she was all excited because the physio assistant was a kin. Mm -hmm. So she thought maybe this team is going to be able to help me. And then she realized the kin wasn't saying a word, wasn't doing anything other than, you know, going and getting ice packs for the physio. Mm -hmm. Like what a waste of skill, right? so frustrating especially because a lot of why I'm here today is because I didn't really know where I fit and I wasn't really like an athlete. I wasn't a personal trainer. Like I didn't really know the difference between like a quad and a hamstring before I even started school. And I used to like teach karate as well. So I'm just like, I don't really know. I don't really fit into this like group sports Mm -hmm. persona of like what kinesiology or like fitness is. And I'm like, there has to be another reason why I'm so drawn to this and my experience with karate and being able to teach people really just like brought new life into me. And when I wasn't doing that, I felt like there was something missing and there was a loss. And I realized it's, I just really like building connections with people to make things accessible to them. And exercise is such a powerful tool. And what I love about Kin is that it's a regulated health profession that actually uses exercise as medicine. So mm-hmm. it's not just become fit or rehab your injuries. It's that area in between. So you've gotten all this rehab and you have all this pain and no one wants to touch you because they're scared. But what could help you the most is actually learning like how you can move and how to move your body well for you and having someone to troubleshoot with you and be able to manage your setbacks and to be able to actually give you the tools to help yourself outside of the gym so you can function better in the gym or with your sport or with whatever. Well, if so. that didn't make you want to become Jamie's patient, I don't know what will. <laughs> right, but let's, before, let's, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. let's let's back it up a little bit before we get into talking about kin, because I know you love to nerd out about this. So much so. Can you introduce yourself for anybody listening, uh, who you are, how long you've been in practice, what your practice looks like, you know, mm-hmm. make people understand who is Jamie, the Arkin? Jamie and the Arkin um, loves karaoke. No, I do, but that's not as important. Um, I'm a- <laughs> Don't re- sing. <laughs> 
that I get that a lot. Um, <laughs> people are like, Jamie, we know you want to. And I'm just like, there's a microphone in my face. It's so hard not to. Um, but I've been, for the end. <laughs> I will. Um, that's the going out song will be that played forever. Um, but I've been registered kinesiologist for seven years. Um, I currently work with a really awesome studio called Modus Training Studio um, at DuPont and Symington. And it's really great because it's creating a space for people that typically don't fit into the generic gym environment. And I feel like I fit in there really well. What does that mean? People that don't fit into the generic gym environment? So it's people that don't like that aren't gym bros that just or people that feel really comfortable like going to the gym and just being in the gym and having that open space where you work out on your own. Mm -hmm. It gives people access to a space of people that really just want to help you and really understand their own individual personalities and who they connect well with as well so there's about like six trainers and myself so i'm a kinesiologist um but also a trainer of, of sorts and everyone's really unique there and for example we have like a trainer that really works well with um the lgbt community and is really passionate about creating classes and programs to really service that community and make them feel accepted and welcome um, and then we also have another trainer there that's really focused on like power and building strength, but also making it accessible to you as well. So being able to create programs to work with how your body moves, as opposed to working around your pain and injuries, they want to actually figure out how you can move and get strong and get to your goals together. So there's a lot of different, a lot of wiggle room. There's a lot of ways that um, we can grow together and really support each other in what we do. And as an Arkin, a lot of what I see in um, the like exercise world and even in the rehab world, like I've worked at a physio clinic for three and a half years. I've done disability case management. I've worked in an executive healthcare clinic. I've worked in a bunch of different gyms from a startup to already functioning gyms. Um, and now I call myself self-employed with modus because they're just such an awesome space that work really well with what I'm doing. Um, and I also do in-home. I've also done fitness testing for firefighters. So I've been doing all the things so I can figure out how to get all that experience and actually make it easier for kids starting out to figure out what they want to do and actually get jobs that they're worth sooner. Do you think that's a problem? Do you think, I know, like I said, when I was coming out of school, I felt that. I felt a lot of my my classmates coming out of kin didn't really know where to go. Do you think that's still an issue that the kins don't know where they fit? You know, I feel like a lot of conversations that I've had with students or other kinesiologists that I've talked to or just personal trainers or anyone that's been through the kin system or knows about kin, a lot of it is either choosing between rehab where you basically function as a glorified PTA or you and not even glorified PTAs are amazing. Their program's awesome and I've talked to a lot of them. But at the same time, like our focus is exercise. Can we can we slow this all down and pull this way back to the beginning? Because I just don't want to jump too far ahead. Yeah. Can we go right from the beginning? Like where did you go to school for kin? Why <laughs> did you decide to go to the school that you went to? Yeah. And let's start let's start it there. That's fair. Yeah. I get a little excited. No, 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 no. The rails no, no. a lot. <laughs> I need people to reel me in. Um You've been I, reeled in. Thank you. Um I went to the University of Guelph. Um, I went there because I was really drawn to like their human kinetics program. Mm -hmm. That was a mixture between 
um, really awesome science-based work, a lot of lab work as well. Um, and um, they had the best food from all the other universities that I've seen. So that was a huge driving force for me. The best um, food? The best food. You like and I the are going to get along. Food. Like you actually yeah. researched the food on campus before it was choosing like, a university? It honestly was the thing I looked at first. Amazing. So I was like, I need to make sure that I'm going to have food that I like there. Um, Where else? What other schools were you looking at? I honestly don't remember at this okay. point. It was a long time ago. Um, but I think like I was looking at Dell. I was looking at UBC. I was mm-hmm. looking at um, Western. Um, and I did my postgrad also at Humber College. So I got to talk to a lot of other people that did a kinesiology program as well. Mm-hmm. And I got to learn a lot about their programs and kind of what was missing from mine and kind of give them some of the things that I learned that was missing from theirs and be able to kind of see where the holes were and what courses we took and what courses we wish we took. So give me a rundown of what the what the core program is like at Guelph because I have no idea. Yeah. I, I don't. I mean, one, I've been out of university since fucking 1999 and uh, I remember my schooling very well and what the, but I'm curious as to what it is more recently. Yeah. No, I came out at two, in 2013 and that's around the time that they were kind of starting to change all the programs anyways mm-hmm. just to fit the model of... Uh, regul- a regulated health profession, especially because you just come out of your undergrad and you can write the ARKIN exam as opposed to having to go to a professional school like physio or chiropractic after before you can become like a regulated health professional. So um, at Guelph, it was a lot of science-based work. So even the first two years were just general science. So biochem, physics, mm-hmm. calculus, so fun. I'm sure everybody's super excited by that right now. <laughs> Molecular bio, cell bio, don't even know what that stuff means anymore. But I still have all the textbooks, which is something that I plan to go back to and nice. probably never will. Um, Not nice. But <laughs> what was the most exciting about Guelph is that we got to do the full anatomy dissection mm-hmm. in our undergrad. Um, and Kins got priority over biomed students. So like, holla. Um, so cool. I try sometimes. Um, (laughs) but it was so cool to actually be able to see kind of how a person kind of moves and is made and we can really see a that like our nerves are not different colors which is very confusing when you're trying to identify them and they're all like <laughs> smushed together and you're like okay cool so um my classes have lied to me but our drawings Where are, are the highlighters <laughs> right? no, seriously like what because we go to the university of guelph we have we we participate in their in their cadaver lab right mm-hmm. and we do that as part of our continued education stuff for conid institute and that's what all of the fourth year students say they're like you know what the one one thing that hit me hardest nothing is like a fucking textbook no he's like and that was the exams like they just stick a pin in this nerve here and it's like which branch of the brachial plexus is this and you're like i have no fucking idea because the way i learned it it looked like this and you know in a real life scenario it don't look like this at all you're like i thought it was gonna look like a tree branch but it's actually a whole bunch of noodles great yeah so <laughs> and squished together and squished together and yeah. you're like i'm supposed to just know in this like non-alive person where this is supposed to go because unless i pull on it I don't know what's going to happen. And like, it's such a humbling moment when you go in and especially as like a, you know, confident post teenager, you're like, I'm in my twenties, I'm an adult now. And then like anatomy brings you down and you're like, cool, this is real. 
That's great. So when you when you were in school then, what you graduated the year that the college came to be then, right? I did. So were they prepping you for that in school? Like, hey, there's probably going to be a regulatory college mm-hmm. when you finish. Um, and then for you to even use the title of kinesiologist, you're going to have to be a member of this college. There's going to be an exam. Like, were you all prepped for that idea or was, did it just kind of hit you, you know, the year that you graduate? Like, holy fuck, like if I'm going to work in this field as a kin... There's going to be more that's got to happen. Um, so I was really close to going to dental hygienist college after my undergrad because I had no idea what a kinesiologist could even do. Okay. And it, I, a bunch of the professors at the University of Guelph actually helped to like create the exam. So I talked to some of them and they gave me a lot of really good insight about what to do. And I went into... Um, like one of the student offices just to kind of make sure all my like courses were figured out. Mm -hmm. And I saw this poster for Humber college, uh, for a post-grad, um, in exercise science and lifestyle management, which uh, my grandparents are still asking me about because they can't (laughs) remember the really long name. Even my, everyone even is just like, just tell me what you are. That's enough. Um, but it really did bridge the gap for me to be able to understand not only like what is actually expected of me um, for the kinesiology exam, but also practical skills that I was lacking. Like I've talked to people from like Waterloo and um, Kitchener and they all got um, a lot of practical rehab experience Mm. or people from York got a lot of really great experience in athletics and having to take um, actual sports as a part of their curriculum. You didn't have to do that in Guelph, you didn't have No, to do that? we were mm. all just like huge science nerds and got to like use as all the equipment to do VO2 max tests, yeah, EMGs, yeah, yeah. like force plates. Like exercise fit stuff, right? Exercise fit. Yeah, but I thought that was, a, I thought that was core in, in most kin programs where no. you had to do practical shit. Cause like when I was, a, and they suck, I mean, they don't suck, but it takes so, it takes so much time. It, it's, it's a, it's a fucking course. It's, it's, it's like a full course in your semester. We and had to do it, but they didn't, it didn't. They don't go towards, towards your GPA. Our, yeah, but, it didn't count towards our GPA, but we had to do them. But you have to do them. But I mean, it's, it, it sounds silly that you, I got to go play basketball and that's a course, but I mean, you're doing it two, three times a week. It's like, it's like the equivalent of a one hour lecture that's sitting in your schedule. So just so you don't know, if you've never taken kin where you have to do these things, it's a shit show, right? So you might have a swimming class at eight in the morning and then you've got, you know, your exercise phys class at nine 30 and then you've got your biomechanics at 12 and then you're fucking, you're on a tennis court at one o'clock. It's like all over. I feel the like you're just like reminding me of my schedule. In oh, second year. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so like for, for schools that have uh, the practical courses most of them set it up in a way that it's really meant so if you if you go on to working education working as a teacher right mm-hmm. or if you go on to coaching you can use these things towards your coaching levels mm-hmm. so most of the schools they have it categorized where you have to take a, a minimum of so many practical courses and of those one of them's got to be a team sport or two have to be a team sports, individual sports, racket sports, um, Aquatic. aquatics, uh, movement or dance, uh, personal health or fitness. It's like insane. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think you had to have like, I don't know, like 20, 20 something of them. There was a lot, but some of them I know could be used for more than one. Like I, I ended up taking one of the dance courses because it didn't count as just one practical. It counted as two, I think. So I tried to take the ones that got me more credit. So I didn't do as much. Yeah. yeah it's. 
it's it's really interesting because I went to York and York also has streams. At least mm -hmm. they did when I was there. I'm pretty sure they still do. And so, for example, they had a coaching stream. So you take all of the coaching courses and, and they gear you towards like once you finish those coaching courses, you can take the exams for the National Certification Coaching Program or the what is it called? NCCP. NCC. NCCP. I can't remember what the fuck it stands for, right? <laughs> National Coaching Certification Program. And so it takes that's like a five level thing. And so if you, you get take, like level one when you do these practicals you get level one well your levels are in theory and practical so yeah. you have to have the combination of the two to have that level completed right so for example if you took volleyball one that would be the equivalent to the th the practical of level one volleyball and if you took volleyball two that would be the equivalent to the practical of volleyball two so by the end of it you could come out like a level three coach it's insane it's really cool I'm actually, I didn't know that. Uh, That's really Ralph interesting because like my postgrad actually like introduced us to like ACSM and like CSEP and like yeah. NSCA, which are all like the certification programs for um, like the American College of Sports Medicine for all of those mm -hmm. that don't know um, and all the different strength training possibilities that were out there um, in different streams. But in my undergrad, it was mainly like science based. Like I barely even took like kind of like easy electives because I just wanted to learn everything. Like yeah, yeah. my electives were like occupational biomechanics and ergonomics, yeah. health and injury biomechanics. Like we didn't have like in Guelph though, the way that it's structured is um all your courses are in like at least like a kilometer away from each other. So mm -hmm. basically running outside to a different building, I guess would count as you know, <laughs> physical activity. Um, she did track. I did. I did track. Um, <laughs> no one would know. Don't ask anyone. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Um, but yeah, it was definitely not a requirement for us. And like, I knew that there was a ton of people on uh, different sports teams. And like everyone mm -hmm. I talked to was like a part of a team or a head of a team. And which was really interesting for me because going throughout university and coming becoming a kinesiologist, I felt really out of place myself because yeah. I was like, I'm not an athlete. Like I used to do karate. Yeah. I got a second See, degree black belt. That's, but that's where a school like York, I think, just kills it. Like York is like currently ranked like, I don't know, it's it's in the top 10 of like kinesi undergrad kinesiology programs in the world. I think it's like the last time I looked, it was in the top five in Canada. It's insane because like I walked away from that kin program feeling very confident about the different things a kin can do just mm -hmm. based on the the, the streams at York they had a sport therapy stream and if you took the stuff in the sport therapy stream essentially you can go write your exam to be a certified athletic therapist right mm -hmm. so like that was that at the time there were only like three or four places that you can in Canada where you can get your your CAT York was one of them Sheridan only had a two-year program at that time now it's a four-year deal but and Sheridan was another one I can't remember where the other school was like it was such mm -hmm. a rare thing to get into so York had that stream York had a fitness appraisal and lifestyle consult a fitness stream essentially mm -hmm. that gives you the whatever the highest CSEP certification is now I think it's a, a certified exercise physiologist you right? need like a master's program I think to be able to even like yeah so when I was in school one. at that time that stream was so fucking specialized that you end up with a certified exercise physiologist uh, a certified exercise physiologist title um, what else was there there was a sport therapy I said the fitness stream they had a sports administration so if you are into the business side of, of anything athletics and sport it was sweet um, and they had their coaching stream like I said so it was like mm -hmm. I walked away from there going there's so much shit 
that it's 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 not all about athletics and like because mm-hmm. I was that kind of outcast too. Well, not that you were an outcast, but I mean I wasn't. It's okay, vo- we're a room full of misfits. Well, I went into kin not being an athlete. Well, that's as what well. I mean. I, I wasn't just hear ro- outcast I, and think of outcast, <laughs> and I want to sing roses. So like, you're, like setting me up for this. she really wants to sing. Yeah. I we'll, always we'll, want to. We'll sing. let you sing. We'll let you sing. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I didn't. I didn't feel. I didn't feel as lost because because of where where I went. I think, mm-hmm. and that was a huge thing for me. I always wonder if I mean I'm sure that I'm I'm partially to, I'm not partially. Definitely, I am to blame because when you go to university, you can't expect somebody to hold your hand. But I definitely wish that our school had done a better. I went to Western, mm-hmm. and I wish that they had done a better job at the time of sort of helping the kin students understand what the program. Well, was. we didn't get help understanding what the program I mean, was okay, just because so, there were just so many fucking options. Right, it just completely opened up your mind to like, whoa! I like like I was saying, I I I wasn't I wasn't a typical kin student, right? Mm-hmm. I wasn't a varsity athlete. I didn't walk around in fucking athletic clothing. I didn't always have a water bottle and a fucking apple in my hand <laughs> with a backpack. Like that wasn't me. So like, why uh, are you making fun of me? Because that's what, <laughs> that's what every kid student fucking looked like. So I, I was really happy to see like there's a whole bunch of different things that I can get involved in here because I yeah. was really in love with the material. I really loved it, and like I I. I've said this as well that I don't ever regret going to kinesiology and getting my undergrad in kin. I loved everything about it. I loved all the courses, but I remember a a point. I think it was somewhere like middle of third year where I started to freak out because I didn't know like what am I going to do with this after? And I've got this pressure from my parents who never w- did post-secondary education, right? So in their mind, they're like, well, what does this translate to? Where, how are you going to get a job? What are you going to do with the rest of your life? And I really didn't know. I was like, I guess I could go back to training because I was a personal trainer. That was sort of how I paid to go through university. And I was like, I guess I could be a trainer. But then I also felt stupid in doing that because I'm like, I could be a fucking trainer without doing this. So why would I want to do that? And then I had a whole bunch of people. Well, yeah, (laughs) I had a whole bunch of people like putting this idea of like, so what, you're going to be a gym teacher in my head. And I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. So I remember sitting in an ergonomics class and I went to talk to the professor afterwards. He was just a really like fun kind of guy. What and made him fun? I don't know because ergonomics is not a super interesting kind of course. He made it interesting. He was very animated. He he had me paying attention the entire time. And I will admit I was probably not the best student in university. I went to Western and I liked everything about the party atmosphere of Western. So for the fact that I would go to his class and enjoy his class, I felt like he was a good professor. Mm. So I just went and spoke to him and I was like, I I have no idea where I want to go after this. Like mm-hmm. none. And like I know this is not your problem, not your job, but like like what do you do? as a kinesiologist like what do I do I don't know what I want to do well that's the and that's the thing also like that Angela was saying last time she was on your podcast as well is that like our scope of practice is so large which is a good thing exactly there's such a and it gives us a lot of potential which is what I like talking to like young kins about or even Mm -hmm. kins in my position where they're just kind of like well I've only really gotten experience as a personal trainer like or I've only really gotten experience as like a disability case manager. I've only gotten experience in athletics and that's all I know. And that's what I think I need to do, but they haven't had an option. And that's what I really liked about Guelph is that we learned about the theory and the actual practical science behind everything. Exactly. And what I loved is three of my professors were really like, 
instrumental in where I'm at now. And one of them um, actually brought me back twice to the University of Guelph to speak to their current class about kind of my experience as a kin and what I've been able to do and all this stuff. And Mm -hmm. I've just kind of collected certifications, collected experience just so I can see kind of where everything is and what you can do. Because it's not clear, even in university. Well, that's, that's the idea, because there's such a disconnect between the scope of practice and then what you're doing in, in your undergrad program mm. that it really, it really fucks you up. Because at the end of the day, when you take a look at the undergrad program for, for most schools, unless they have these mega streams like York does, because York also has a super academic side, mm-hmm. but it really is lined up for academia. Yeah. It, that's all it is, right? It's setting you up to, to do your master's in some sort of exercise physiology and mm-hmm. then you know get into research and do your PhD and all that kind of nonsense. That's what I thought I had to do. Honestly, even after talking to this ergonomics professor, he was kind of, it was actually funny. I realized now that he was kind of pushing, trying to push me towards the field of ergonomics. What he unintentionally did was get me thinking about occupational therapy. Like Mm. right away, I started to think about what do I do after kin? I kept thinking this undergrad isn't enough because I had no idea that you could just, well, I mean, I also graduated in 2007, so it wasn't an option to do what you did, but Mm -hmm. I didn't think that I could just come out of university with this undergrad and start working with clients other than what I imagined was just going back to personal training. And as Mark said, yeah, of course, as a kin, I'm definitely a much more effective trainer, but... It, it just didn't seem like enough. Like I was like, there's got to be something more like the heavy science courses I was taking. Like I took mm-hmm. every biomechanics course I possibly could. I was taking all the exercise phys courses. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I have so much knowledge. I don't just want to help people lose weight in a gym. Like that's what was killing me. I was like, what do and I do with this? That's what's really interesting is like I have a lot of respect for a lot of the personal trainers I've met over the last couple of years because the ones that I've really surrounded myself with are those that are truly invested in creating uh, systems that are individualized for the person mm-hmm. and for their needs and what they want instead of just getting stronger and losing weight. And in the fitness industry, because I've been studying this a lot, it's a lot more than that now. For sure. Which is why it becomes really challenging as a new kin to come out and be like, I'm a registered kinesiologist. Now, what really excites me a lot about that is that there's so much in the healthcare system that can benefit from exercise like diabetes, arthritis, osteoporosis, pain, all these areas that like are not accessible to people and even people like ourselves even it sounds like where we don't feel like we're necessarily gym people or necessarily athletes but we all deserve to move and can all I, deserve to can exercise. Can I say something that's really funny? You might find this funny. There's a whole bunch of RMTs that have now discovered that movement is the thing and they're treating it like it's their big discovery. It's yeah. hilarious to watch to me as a kinesiologist who's been practicing since fucking 1999. It's like, no, man, like we've been doing this fucking forever. You just discovered it now and you're feeling like, oh, my God, I've made this massive discovery. I'm like, fuck. Do they really like I, I mean, I'm not on social media as much as you I do. feel. Do I they feel really like, feel like they don't know that's what kins have been doing forever? Um, People I don't know so. what kins do forever, though, so. anyway. Okay, and that's can why I, it's so can I get you to do this? Because yes. you obviously know your shit. You know what you're doing. You've been a, you've been a kin for seven years. And she sings. So if yeah. I was just some person you met in a karaoke bar 
and you said, hi, I'm Jamie. And I said, so <laughs> hi, what do you I'm do? Jamie. You want to sing Bohemian Rhapsody with me? <laughs> that is the longest song ever. I we would never sing that at karaoke. We are not going to sing yet, Jamie. Focus. Focus. <laughs> so let's say me. we met in a karaoke bar. We started chatting. How am I supposed to focus? You told me that you are an I'm going to be Garth. You can be Wayne. And I said to you, <laughs> what does a kinesiology do? Like my doctor says I need physio. What could you do? How would you describe to somebody who knows absolutely nothing what your role is in this health She's going to recite the scope of practice. Now. <laughs> I'm off it. So first of all, I always go with, hi there. Because starting off as a radio announcer, I find gets me more respect. No, that's something I fully make up and never works. Um, but I always ask people first, like, tell me about you. Like, what, do you, what are you struggling with and where do you see those limitations? Because I want to help make those connections for you. Because so much of the time people that are in pain or people that just haven't been exercising because they don't even have the motivation to, they're tired, they don't know where to start. They've tried time and time again and then they fall off and feel discouraged and don't really know how to get back on it because there's either all or nothing. I just try to make it really easy for them to see how they can actually do it themselves and empower them. So I'm going to be that annoying person in a karaoke bar again. Mm -hmm. So how are you different from a personal trainer? It really depends because our, you know, skill sets overlap. But if you've ever gone to a personal trainer before and you really haven't connected with that person, that's really where it comes to you. So it's not about why I'm different from a personal trainer. It's about why you want to come see me and whether we're a good fit together to help you actually learn to exercise your way, the right way for you the first time. So would you say that you have a niche? Do you have a certain type of client that you typically work with? Are there is there a population of people that only want to come see Jamie? Who are who are your clients? So I find that people that are gravitated towards me are a people in pain. So mostly shoulder and low back pain. Um, but I find a lot of like um, female identifying people um, that really just don't feel comfortable in a generic gym space that have never really felt comfortable exercising on their own um, that really want to learn how to exercise for them. I find that those are the people that gravitate to, we to me the most. And that's hard because it's not necessarily a niche. It's not necessarily anything that's easy for me to describe. I think it's a niche. But I, absolutely it is. You yeah. work with, in like I said before, and I'm not, I'm not shitting on personal trainers. I was one and my best friend's a personal trainer and she's a great one. And I was too. Uh, and, yeah, exactly. I'm not shitting on personal. But when I had said to you, um, what makes you different from a personal trainer? Mm -hmm. Well, that is one thing. Your niche is describing that. People are coming to you, not just like, okay, Jamie, teach me how to exercise. They're mm -hmm. saying, Jamie, I've got shoulder pain. Jamie, I've got low back pain. Something's not moving properly. Something's not functioning properly. Can you help me? Yeah. So you're solving a problem for a specific population of people that have some sort of pain or injury, specifically shoulder and low back, but I'm sure you work with all sorts of pain. All sorts of pain. And I find that the best thing that I say is like, how am I different from like a personal trainer or a physio or anything else? It's more so that I, my university experience and my ability to relate it to like my practice now and push myself and challenge myself to try all these things and actually learn how you might feel is what makes me a little bit different in myself, I like to think, because I want to be able to understand how you feel and create programs that actually are accessible to you mm -hmm. and make exercise accessible to you. And yeah, personal trainers and like physios and anyone could actually do that for you. 
but finding the right fit for you as well is something that's really important. But because- if but if we're gonna if we're gonna answer the the karaoke fucking patrons question, what is a kinesiologist? Her name is Diane. Okay, fucking di- okay, <laughs> Diane. We're we're movement specialists. If you think about everything associated with movement specialists, anything that goes into fucking movement, we've studied it extensively. Okay, right. So we've studied anatomy extensively. We studied physiology extensively. We studied exercise physiology extensively. We studied biomechanics extensively. Like we've studied skill performance and and uh, motor learning extensively. So that's kind of where we sit. Yes, there's tons of overlap with of uh, with like, you know, a physio or whatever the case. So what makes us slightly different from physios? Well, part of our initial training is not going to be things like mobilizing joints, things mm-hmm. like that, right? Where mm-hmm. physio would. Part of our initial training isn't necessarily different types of modalities, which is in physio school, right? right? You know, kins will, most kins actually end up, I shouldn't say most, but a large number of kinesiologists that end up working in some sort of rehabilitative clinic, they end up learning these types of things, but it's not part of the core curriculum for a kinesiologist. But mm-hmm. anything human movement related, nutrition, physiology, exercise physiology, biomechanics motor skill learning like all of that shit is what we do and we do it well and very well exercise is medicine is like the slogan of like the oka and kinesiology in general is like we use exercise as the potent medicine that it is and using it well with what you're already doing i'm not telling you that you know crossfit or strength training three times a week is going to fix your life but we're finding ways to actually use movement and exercise to help make your medications not as a necessary reliability. Can I ask you a question then? What do you think about people that do a lot of movement stuff but don't have that same foundational building blocks as we do? So in other words, I feel like they learn a whole bunch of movement shit and they just go out and replicate a whole bunch of movement shit that they learn versus being able to... How am I going to describe that? hmm, Okay, so I I do know what you're saying. So for example, when I had... uh, Angela was in here one day because uh, she had a meeting with you. And uh, I had a client walking out. This is the perfect description of, I think, what you're trying to say. And the client was walking out. And when she left, Angela said to me, what's wrong with her left ankle? I don't think anybody else who just is regurgitating what they're doing can look at the way somebody's moving. And immediately she was like, what's wrong with her left ankle? Mm -hmm. And I was like, fun fact, she does have a problem with her left ankle. I think Kin's just can look at a person moving and break it down by parts. And we understand gait analysis and we understand posture in a way that maybe, you know, somebody who's just regurgitating what they learned. It's a difference between looking at someone and where they're at and someone that um, is coming in to do a specific exercise program. Yeah. So it's understanding like, yeah, no, we're looking at how you move and trying to get down to like the root of like, how it all works together for you instead of you are a specific injury or you are a fitness person or you are based what you are based on the fitness that you have. It's all of it together and how it relates to your life. And you can't do that without the foundational knowledge. That and that that's kind of my point because I, I I saw this in a massage group yesterday. Someone posted something like, "What in massage school did you not get, and still doesn't make sense to you now?" Or something along those lines, right? And someone wrote in, I can't remember now offhand, and I'll just make it up because it's very similar. Something to do with um, like, why do I need to know uh, about heart function and SA nodes and AV nodes and you know PQRS oh, yeah. waves? 
waves, all that kind of shit. In other words, basic basic, basic cardiac <laughs> physiology. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's a fucking building block to understanding the cardiovascular system. And you should know that. Knowing that, that stuff that, matters. That, that killed me. I was like, really? I, I should find it because I butchered it. Like, that's not exactly what was said, but that was the premise of it. But that then was again, one because um, there's so many different regulated healthcare professions with such overlapping scopes of practice, we've discussed this many times where there's certain massage therapists and the CMTO is obviously supporting this with our new quality assurance program, a whole group of therapists who don't use these specific things in their practice. So a whole group of therapists who have no need to really understand exercise physiology because they're just going to refer out patients who come to them that are too complicated for them, for lack of a better term. You know, there's therapists who just want to practice focusing on, you know, stress relief and working with muscle tension and they're not so much worried about movement where then there's this whole group of therapists who are like, we're all about movement and we've discovered this new amazing way to help people. It depends on what their practice is. There probably are a whole bunch of therapists who are like, I don't know why I need to understand anything about cell biology. It doesn't that makes, make sense to it me. It makes no sense to it me. Doesn't like, make any sense I, to I me. go to my, my medical doctor for a shot and he's like, you know what? Haven't done shots in about six years on anybody. I'm going to refer you out. That's a skill that you should just fucking have. That's just knowledge you should have working all the time as a professional. That's it. Especially if you're working as someone that is directly related to the function of your body. Exactly. It's understandable. Understanding, it's not even about being able to perform the skill. It's about understanding the relation. And that's where I think like even like massage therapists and kinesiologists and chiropractors and physios and an integrated health system is actually so important because we work together to mm-hmm. make sure that we're treating people efficiently in a way that serves us. Because I find I go to my chiropractor every two weeks. He's great. I love him. But at the same time, I know that I have to do the work myself in order to make my self feel better on a regular basis, not only between treatments, because sometimes it's just, oh, I'm just going to do whatever I want and then go get a treatment and then I'm going to feel better. But then you also forget that you feel better for two seconds and then you continue to do your life the same way and you don't see that there's a connection. So identifying that there's that connection of, okay, I've gotten a massage. Now what? I've gotten a treatment, now what? I've gone to the gym, and now what? Now I'm going back to my job to sit at my desk all day, and I'm gonna go back to my gym and go to my personal trainer or kinesiologist and understand that it's about that understanding of knowing I lived my life before, it's important to inquire and do your due diligence to be able to actually address their body. Like a lot of the time I tell people, at the end of the day, I wanna be here to troubleshoot or to push you, either one, because you're doing really well on your own. You're getting a lot of really good information on your own. I want to be that resource so mm-hmm. that you can make, if you're having trouble expressing yourself to your physio or your chiro, or you're having trouble figuring out, you know, what exactly your goals are to work on with your personal trainer, then you can actually dig deeper and figure out, okay, where is my health lacking? And what is really important to me? Because that's what you'll focus on the most. And that's where we can really drive our treatment is understanding that they're whole people. And that's what I really think Ken is super important about is that it sees people as a whole, and it addresses and assesses people as a whole, so that we can make the healthcare system a lot more efficient and actually save everyone like a whole ton of money because exercise is one of the most potent medicines to help with a whole bunch of different things and prevent a whole lot of different diseases. So why wouldn't you at least start trying now 
if it doesn't have to be as hard as you think it is. You don't have to be a fitness person. I never thought I'd be a gym person. I hate running and made myself run anyways, and now I love it. It's it's about the things that once you take yourself out of that box, you can actually see how it all works together and that, you know, you deserve to be able to be something a little bit different than you thought you needed to be. Are there a lot of clinics now that are incorporating kinesiology? So for example, if I'm a massage therapist working in a multidisciplinary clinic, is it more common now to have a kin on staff that I can refer clients to who need more movement work? It's starting to be. There's I've talked I've had a bunch of interns over the course of like my time at the physio clinic I worked at and I was really lucky because the interdisciplinary clinic I worked for I worked really well with the physios and chiros like they gave me their like their restrictions and recommendations and like basically a referral and I got to work with them based on what I saw and make my own treatment plans and be able to kind of progress people as I saw fit and have a really valuable resource in the physios and chiros if I had questions about something that you know they might be able to feel that I didn't even have time to look at because we're focusing on the education piece and that's where I think kin is also super valuable is that it's about the education that they can take away with them and understand on that level as opposed to just understanding one or two exercises. Mm -hmm. And then what? How do I progress? And I've talked to a lot of my interns as well about that. And they've gone out and found jobs where they're actually able to practice as kins and promote themselves as yeah. kins and be a part of that healthcare system together, but on as, on their own as their own health practitioners. So. I think it's really got more to do with whoever owns the joint, to be honest with you. If you got kind of an old school physio that owns the joint, they're just using their kinesiologist as a physio assistant mm -hmm. or a chiro assistant or whatever the case is. But, do you guys think medical doctors know what you do? No, there, I don't think so. The there is a door that needs to be opened because medical doctors, we know immediately when someone's got any kind of non-life-threatening soft tissue problems, period, they're referring to physio, yep. not massage. Nope. We get looked over all the time, but see the general public knows about massage therapists and knows the benefits or at least wants to reap the benefits and they most of them have extended coverage for massage therapy. So we're getting people who are in motor vehicle accidents who have had injuries because they're coming on their own. Mm -hmm. The doctors are referring to physio. Yep. So how are the general public being educated about kinesiologists and how are your patients finding you and deciding like, I want to work with you? This podcast. This, exactly. That's a hustling, <laughs> that's a hustling grind that's on, the, be, on yeah. the part of the kinesiologist. Honestly, it really just comes down like that's a lot of the reason why I wanted to be here is I find that like, not that I'm like a coherent person at all, very clear based on this podcast <laughs> but like i find that i can get my thoughts across much better speaking than because people there's someone to engage to versus i sit down and i wrote out my whole website and i was like what does this even mean does this make sense who am i even talking to when mm. when i talk to people it actually helps me take a step back and write out stuff because then i know who i'm talking to mm -hmm. and i talk to my doctor and i'm very annoying as like a person um and that's like nothing <laughs> negative that's something that i think is a fantastic fantastic quality about myself because I will be knocking down the doors of every practitioner or person I can think of and say, hey, I'm here. 
I want to learn about more about what you do and how I can fit into what you do. This is a fantastic moment. Uh, we were chatting in the bathroom while you were on the phone um, yelling at Sirius XM this morning. I wasn't yelling. <laughs> Just kidding. But Jamie told me how the two of you met, how she ended up on our couch. And it was exactly that. She was like, this guy looks interesting. I'm just going to go knock on his door until he lets me come in and talk to him. It really it really probably took one LinkedIn message. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was work to find you on LinkedIn in the first place. I was like, okay, Con Ed Institute, who is this? And then I saw Mark and I'm like, cool, who is Mark? Mark is these, all these selfies with his people. What is happening? So <laughs> then I found Mark on LinkedIn. And I was like, oh, he actually like owns Con Ed Institute. Great. So let's reach out to him and see kind of what he's about. And I sat on this couch and I talked to Mark and I'm like, here are all my ideas. And he's like, you're going to be great. And I was like, great validation. Let's go. No, that was it was a much longer conversation. It was about an hour. But at the same time, like being able to connect with people and actually be able to have others see you and that your ideas make sense and to be able to other hear other people and that their ideas are really aligned with yours and that your mission overall is just to create connection and awareness with people so we can all just kind of calm down and know we're going to be okay because right now everything's kind of all up in the air you either have to be like the next big thing and create something or be different or what's your niche or what is this and it really just comes down to like it doesn't have to be as hard as it seems but if we create a really strong network of mm -hmm. really strong practitioners it doesn't matter who's better than others because as long as we're helping people safely that's really all that matters to me and that's a lot of what I love about Kin and like I always bring it back to that because that's all I really talk about anyways. That and karaoke, obviously. Um, <laughs> and stand-up comedy, but that's obvious based on my general personality. Um, but that's it's really about the safety of people and it's not about ego and it's so hard when you're just like i'm a kin and people are like what's that why are you different here are all these questions that i'm like targeting you at because i just want to know if you know what you're talking about I'm like cool i'm not stressed out this is fine um <laughs> and i just did all of those things to her on the podcast <laughs> tell me about I, you tell me what you do tell me how you're different tell we, me what your niche we is. became friends in the bathroom so like that's completely different because that's we're fun. friends now that's where friendships are made exactly Exactly. Totally. Best, ba best friendships are made in the bathroom. Um, <laughs> but it's great. But it's really just about the safety of it and the efficacy of it and understanding kin and understanding people. And like people don't have to understand what a kinesiologist is as long as they know that they feel connected to another person that actually wants to help them in a way that's actually going to help them help themselves in the long term. I feel like a Dr. Seuss book now, but... That was pretty good. Thank you. No, I do not like green eggs and ham. Mark is the Dr. Seuss king at no, our no, house. No, he, no. like, the kids don't even let me read the Dr. Seuss books. They'll wait for daddy because daddy does the voices. <laughs> <laughs> he practices the voices so he can have the voice for the podcast. Something like that. All right. So let me ask you a question then. <laughs> of all the stuff that you've done, tell me the stuff that you like the most that you've done in terms of whatever work opportunities you've had. And tell me the stuff you've hated or you've liked the least. Maybe hate's a strong word. And why have you liked them the most? And why have you disliked them? I think we need another hour for that. Well, <laughs> do another hour. Cole's notes? Oh, yeah. Cole's notes version. <laughs> Let's um, start with this. What, what about this job are you digging the most in terms of like a role that you've had or some sort of job that you've been filling? I feel like I can answer that for her. She likes people. Yeah, but I mean, connecting with people. But, but, well, but at the beginning, general. at the beginning, exactly. You also said that you were involved in this this part of this field, in this part of this field. Yeah. You have your, all these different certifications and stuff. So, 
of all of the different parts of the field that you worked in, which ones have you enjoyed working in the most and why? Of all the things I've always gravitated toward, back towards kind of working with a rehab population. Mm -hmm. And as difficult as working with MVA patients can be, I loved learning and loved troubleshooting. And problem solving is probably one of my favorite things in this world because it challenges my brain, but it also gives me an option to actually connect with where that person's at and see their progress and actually give them access to their lives again. And a lot of the reason why I went out on my own and you know, working as like an independent kin now, the hardest part right now is, you know, creating those assessments that really show your value right away mm -hmm. and really connecting with people in a way that shows them how they can grow and where they can be. And another part is I've worked with a lot of kind of um, athletic people as well. And I haven't been trained, I haven't been a trainer of an athletic team or really been athletic, but I get athletes when they've hurt themselves and they want to get be able to feel better but also not only do i work on making them feel better but it's about building seeing their weaknesses and their limitations in how they move themselves mm -hmm. building specific and individualized programs for them so that they can improve their performance forever on their own and complement that with their coach and their team and their whatever so i love working with runners i love working with cyclists i love working with basketball players because there's so much mechanics involved in that and it's so exciting to me because I'm just like, cool, let's take all these things that you need to be able to do, all these great things that you can do already, and figure out what's not working well. And then building specific programs to integrate that and then bringing it all together. And I love doing that. And it's so much fun and so exciting for me. And even more recently, I've been doing um, fitness testing for firefighters as well. And that's the coolest thing ever because you actually get to see people in an environment where they're pushing them to their limits. Yep. And it can be really scary because like you're basically responsible, but also the person that has to push them. And being able to see how strong people are and their motivation and their like diligence and their willingness to succeed kind of can override any expectation that you have. And there's so much fear around working with people in pain. And personally, right now, I'm working on developing um, online programs for patients so they can stay on track with their programs throughout um, their lives and feel like they have some sort of support system with them to make sure that they can progress and maintain their progress and have somewhere to go if they fall off of their exercise, know what they need to do. So there's so many options and so many holes to fill in terms of the accessibility of exercise for people, which I'm super excited about. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> and being able to integrate the occupational biomechanics and where people work and how that lifestyle factor factors into their health and also the ergonomics and all this fun, like exciting stuff where we get to work on proprioception, all these fancy words. Um, <laughs> it's all about the fancy words. It's all about the fancy words and like seeming smarter than others. No, I love being able to take the fancy words and actually make people understand what they mean. Because I don't care if people think I'm smart. I'm lying. I do. But <laughs> it's also helpful if they actually understand what I'm saying so they don't look at me like a deer in headlights and being like, are you done talking yet? Which I feel like happens a lot. So am it, I doing it? No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. You were ready. You were ready for that one. You're like waiting to say it. I'm like excited. <laughs> I'm also a stand up comic. Obviously. Like, I knew that right away just by the way you as walk. As soon um, as we were in the bathroom <laughs> together. <laughs> just by the way you walk, I can tell. Um, but yeah, I love that part. And the stuff that I don't like is that I don't like that 
I don't know what a person is doing once they leave because mm. I'm a bit of a control freak that way. But at the same time, like I tell patients all the time, I'm like, con- like contact me if you have any questions or concerns. And the number one thing I get is I don't want to bother you or I don't want to use your time um, if I'm not going to be with you. And I'm like, okay, there's a huge opportunity for kinesiologists now to create programs for people where they can have a higher contact and be able to get paid for it because there's value in that. And mm-hmm. to make an income from that isn't bad. It's about being able to find a way to do that safely and ethically so people know that they're getting something that they need. And they do. They need people to hold their hands sometimes and to feel that support and that objective support that's outside of the people that are just going to tell them, you're fine. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Or just encouraging them. It's here's real support. Here is no bullshit. I'm going to be straight with you. You have to do this yourself, but I'm going to help you do that and give you the tools to help you. So that's what I find frustrating is that it's really hard to find ways to keep people accountable and to actually build on the progress if they're not going to be able to see you as frequently. So I tell people, I don't want to be that person that you have to see twice a week, every week forever. Like, I'm not a personal trainer that's going to push you and get you to your goals. I'm that person that's going to teach you how to help yourself and educate you on everything you need to know and know how to learn so that you can go to the gym on your own and feel like Beyonce and wear brightly colored clothes and sing out loud at people in people's faces. Not that I do that on my own. I do that all the time. And change your outfit several times an hour. Yes. That in itself can be challenging. (laughs) I want to make it easier for you to do costume changes without feeling like it's too hard to bend over to take your pants off. No. Is um, this what you have meant? I would say at least four or five times when talking about what you do and what you love about this job, you're saying making exercise accessible for everyone. Is this what you're meaning? Like giving people the understanding of how they're moving, how they should be moving and what they can do and what changes they can make in their lives so they don't necessarily have to go spend two and a half hours at the gym every day. Exactly. And I'm trying to learn myself on how to make that a much shorter conversation so it makes sense the first time. Um, So that's something that's really, I feel like this is a brain strategy session and that's fantastic because I've learned a lot today. Um, but it's also about making it easier for people to that exercise doesn't have to be the epitome of what their fitness used to be or what they think the epitome of fitness is. I like to to make people understand. I mean, I, I work as a massage therapist, but obviously with my kinesiology background and my personal training background, all of my clients know when they're coming to see me, they're getting homework. Uh, before you arrive today, if you go look in my treatment room next door, the table is actually pushed to the side and there is a gym mat on the floor because we were we were doing exercises. What I like to do with my clients is show them things that they can do that don't necessarily disrupt their life, things that I know they're going to do. Because I know if I give people these super complex exercises, um, they might do them once or twice. And the next time I see them, I'll say, okay, have you done the exercises? Yeah, I tried once. That's not helping anyone, right? So I try to make it accessible, Mm -hmm. as you said. And I also try to make them accountable. So Mm -hmm. I make them understand that this treatment that you're doing with me, it's a lot of passive a lot of passive therapy. If mm-hmm. you want this to continue, this is what you have to do. You know, this is what's going on in your body and this is how, what we need to do together to to improve it. And the people that listen to me and do their homework, they definitely have better outcomes, but they also just feel better about themselves. Even if 
the changes are so small, they will come back like super proud. Like, yeah, I've been doing all the stretches you gave me. I've been doing all the strengthening. I've, you know, I've increased my weight. I've done the, and they're ecstatic just to be actually like following a program that they can do. You know, Mm -hmm. it's very empowering that like, I can do this. I thought I couldn't work out, but I can do this. This is actually a lot easier than I thought it would be. And it's the human piece as well. Like, I find that like one of the things that helps with the trust factor in patients as well is when I see someone and I'm like, okay, here's your homework. But also if you're not perfect at it right away, I'm not going to be mad at you. Don't do this for me. Do this for you. Mm -hmm. And they come back and they're like, well, I know you said to do it three times a week, but I only did it once. And I'm like, that's great. I'm so excited that you tried it because Mm -hmm. it's only been one session. I don't expect you to be amazing right away. And you're already amazing at all these other things. So let's look at this as the victory that it is, that this is a great starting point. And even if they're like, I didn't do it at all, so many studies show that just thinking about it is actually more beneficial to your performance than just not thinking about it at all Mm -hmm. and just almost even as effective as practicing in itself. Mm -hmm. Like I use the study about like the basketball players all the time about how they had like three different like control groups, one that didn't think about practice and didn't practice at all, one that just thought about practicing and one that were practicing. And it was like, I think it was um, not slam dunks. Just like shooting baskets. Free throws. Free throws. Free throws. Yeah, clearly I'm really good at sports. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm a great kinesiologist. Um, <laughs> that's fine. I do other things. Um, but the study, the group that actually just thought about doing free, uh, free throws, can't even say it, um, actually improved their performance because yeah. you're thinking about it and you're also compartmentalizing it and you're really focusing on how you can be better and it's making it a part of Neuroplasticity, baby. Your yeah. brain is making connections. The brain is amazing. So it's even... Even just thinking about it is a victory in itself. And I like getting to the point where after about like six to eight weeks with somebody, I'll usually regress their treatment to like once a week. And if they're also doing their exercises all the time, that's when they start to kind of fall off. And that's why I like kind of having that connection with people still. Okay, have you done your exercise? No, I fell off this week. But I could really feel the difference. Cool. So that's really important because now we can take that understanding. You know it. I know it. I'm not going to make you feel bad about it because you already feel this way already. So what we can do is actually show you, let's figure out how to make it so I don't have to hold your hand through life and you can actually feel a lot more confident. And also that you're human. You're going to fall off. But here are the things that are going to get you back. And so you don't have to start where you ended and then risk hurting yourself. It's you're allowed to be human. You can start again. And here's ways that you can actually still get the benefit of exercise in a really efficient way without feeling like you have to be at like your prime every time. Do you do any type of manual therapy with your patients or is it more like you have somebody come in, you do an assessment and then go straight into movement and exercise based prescriptions or do you refer out if you think they need manual therapy? So I am trained in like soft tissue. I'm trained in rock tape. I'm trained in like rock pods. I'm not, I I bought the rock pods and I've learned how to do cupping, but I find that it's much more efficient and effective for me to refer out for soft tissue Mm -hmm. because a lot of what I like to show them anyways is the movement and soft tissue techniques that they can do on their own to manage their treatment. So if they're already seeing a physio or they haven't seen a physio before, like I've referred them to physios, osteopaths, massage therapists, um, naturopaths. And I don't just refer to one because I never really know and you don't really know what you're going to resonate with. Mm-hmm. So being able to see, yeah, your nutrition and your um, 
like hormone balances might be off. Your certain area of, uh, of your body might be tight. Um, you may need to just relax a little bit and find something that's going to be just for you. You may need like something that's more like uh, gentle and it's, you never really know until you go. And all those things together will be helpful. Mm-hmm. So, but at the same time, no one thing is going to fix you forever. And you still have to do the work regardless. And continuing to go in this circle of practitioner to practitioner to practitioner looking for an answer is only going to get you to a point where by the time you find that answer, there's going to be a lot of other things going on too that you need to address. So being able to kind of start in an area where you're learning about all the ways that you can be strong and move and feel good now, you can troubleshoot small things as you go. And then it's less traumatic and less detrimental. So I like, basically, I take every question and make it more complicated. But I usually like to refer out if it's something that's outside of like my immediate scope. And a lot of my um, assessments is kind of similar to like physios chiro sometimes i use a lot of like goineometers i use a lot of angles just to kind of show people evenness i measure them so they can see kind of not for like whether or not they're normal air quotes you can't see just saying it out loud because i'm cool um but (laughs) so people can see how their body will change over time and how the like actual proportions of your body can affect how you feel Mm -hmm. and if your right leg is a lot bigger than your left leg it might make sense that your left leg hurts a little bit more when you move or maybe your right one is because it's overcompensating and there's all these reasons why but if you're just looking for the reason why you're not you're going to miss so many other opportunities to help yourself now Mm -hmm. i remembered what where i was going with my last comment and i don't know how it made sense but um it was something to do with the education is i find that a lot of people come in and they're comparing the way that their bodies are now to how they were 20 years ago. And I think that's another big piece of patient education is, okay, you know, 50-year-old woman, you're not 30-year-old woman anymore. Let's take where you are now and what your body is like now and let's start there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they they want us to just jump back into the gym and go back to doing the workouts they were doing when they were 20 and mm-hmm. they're not understanding like, why is this hard? Why do I keep injuring myself? Why can't I do this anymore? And anyway, that's what I was going to talk about before and I don't know how it fit with her last comment. Well, I think it's about the soft tissue piece where like you're, the people are coming in being like, I want soft tissue so I can loosen this up so I can go do those workouts because like this is what's going to help me to be able to do that. And that's hard as an and old dude, by the way. Age is just a number too. Like if you're maintaining if you're learning early that you're human you're allowed to have setbacks and you're not going to be able to do the same stuff every day based on how you sleep how you eat what you did the day before like i went snowboarding two weeks ago and my left calf was killing me for a whole week after because i'm very bad at snowboarding but at the same time like understanding that that's something that's new for your body is going to be a lot harder on you. And I'm only 28 versus when I started doing it when I was 16, I could fall and basically snowball down the hill every single time and be totally fine. Mm -hmm. And then when you're fucking 45 like me, but you don't feel like you're 45, then that's that's where that problem is. Yeah, well, and the the thing is, I mean, I on one hand, I agree with you, age is just a number, but on the other hand, it isn't. I mean, your body is aging as well. And I'm not saying that's an excuse for like, oh, you're 45, you can't, but... 
we have to take certain things into consideration. You're 45 and nowhere near as active as you were when you were even 35, right? So, and that's the piece. We have to, exactly. So, we have to start at a place that makes sense for 45 year old man who hasn't necessarily worked out in 10 years, not okay, go to the gym and go do what you were doing when you were 35. So, you're going to feel 35 again. Mm Right. Because you won't feel 35 again because you'll go and it will be hard and then you will never go back again Mm -hmm. um, making assumptions. But like that's generally how it goes. And at the same time, too, it's so important because that's where the occupational biomechanics and ergonomics come in. It's not only that you're at a desk. It's how long you've been at that desk. Mm -hmm. Your body thinks you're a chair now. That's just it. Your body's tightened up in your hip flexor. Your quads are super tight, but we think that they're strong because that's all we feel. We have no... Your hip flexors are actually super weak, just very tight because they're a chair. Because like they're (laughs) literally holding on to your femurs for dear life being like, I don't know if I can handle it anymore. Um, That's my um, psoas talking. And then we have no activation in our posterior chain because we don't use our rotator cuffs anymore and don't even know what they are and how they're supposed to support our body. We don't use our glutes. So like the area around our low back is working all the time so Mm -hmm. we think our glutes are working because the tops are not really and then like everything feels tight and then we feel like the crib keeper and we're like okay i'm gonna go back to the gym now after i've been tight and sitting at this desk for 30 years even though my body's fully forgotten how to work out and move all together anyways and think that that's going to solve my problems and if there's no sustainability an incremental lifestyle change that actually makes it sets you up for success then You won't be able to really enjoy the process. And Mm -hmm. that's a lot of what I try to talk to people about as well, like whether it's kins or other health professionals or myself in the mirror or my patients. It's about being able to really enjoy getting the benefit out of exercise. And right now, a lot of what I hear is exercise is a chore. It's another thing that I have to do for my health. So I was brushing my teeth, which... My dad will hear this. He's a dentist. That's fine. Shh, don't listen to this part. But it's really just a matter of making it fun for you. Yeah. And for me, that's why like I started running because running sucked. I would run like one block and like almost throw up. And then I'd have like strangers coming up to me being like, are you okay? And then I'm like, you know what? It's just about that consistency. Being able to kind of get used to discomfort for a little while to know that it's going to get easier. And know that if you fall off of that, it's going to be hard again, but you can do it again. Mm -hmm. And finding ways to make it so that you can make the activities you like more fun. So improving your cardio, stuff like that, so that I can do like I still love martial arts. I still like doing Muay Thai periodically. So I know that if I'm going to go there, it's really fun and makes me feel really good. But I know that my low back over the course of a couple of weeks is going to feel crappy because I use one of my legs more than the other. My hip flexors are going to be super tight. And I'm not getting my glutes firing as much. That's just how it is. Same thing with the punching. I'm using the front of my body so much, but my back is not getting as much support, but I'm getting some more serratus interior, so my armpits are super stable now. But there's a lot more that I need to do to combat that to make sure that I'm feeling good in my regular life and it's not just about creating better performance for your sport. Because you, the whole point of moving is to feel good all the time and to be able to do the things you want to do and walk upstairs without feeling winded and walk upstairs without feeling like your legs are going to fall off your body. So I have a lot of examples. I could literally do a whole <laughs> podcast for a year and a half of examples because I just get way too excited. I was like, Natalie, let's go. I blacked out. What did I talk about? What did I say? I think it's almost time to sing. <laughs> 
<laughs> I do want to know a couple other things before before you bust into song. What do you think the OKA should be doing? Do you think they're doing a good job? What do you think they could be doing better? Ooh. Mm. Mm-hmm. Trying to get me in trouble. Um, <laughs> the Ontario Kinesiology Association. I think a lot of what I would like from a professional body that's helping to support kins is really to provide a lot more information on how we can implement because we know why we're doing what we're doing on a deeper level because we're all registered for a reason. It costs enough money to know that we have to make sure we're making this decision and it's not one we make lightly. And we know of all these opportunities now because part, uh, participation and all these other organizations are coming out saying exercise is medicine, like Canadians aren't moving enough. What do we need to do? There's all these research grants, all this information. And I think that if there was a way to actually streamline it so that we could be aware of the opportunities and also how we can actually be involved in it and create teams and community to be able to build us up, I think that that would be really valuable because right now we're all kind of by ourselves. And we're all kind of lone soldiers being like, we're kins. And everyone's like, why does that matter? It's really just about not only being a regulated health professional to be a part of a healthcare system and really emphasizing that, but also giving new kins options on Mm -hmm. how they can actually practice and feel valuable and validate their experience. It needs to to start with their their conference. Their conference is so bad. They they used to have like a spring and a fall educational conference or something like that. Mm -hmm. It was like a two-day event. It was horrible. It was just like sitting in a university lecture. It honestly used to be better. It used to be better. Because the times that I went with my con ed shit uh, to, to get a booth and whatever the case is and so i would sit into some of the stuff and it's like sitting into a university lecture like what do i care about you phd lady from you know ubc talking to me about study you've been doing with firefighters like that yes it's interesting but that doesn't help me in the here and now figure out what the hell i'm going to do as a kid what's my role blah 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 like do you, do you see what i'm what saying is my purpose yeah what is the meaning of life it was so bad before Why is this guy yeah, and i mean we went a couple times uh like i said we had a booth and then like the turnout was so shit for a couple of years that they just like canceled them. I think that kinesiology as a profession, um, now that, I mean, when when it first became regulated, people had no idea what the fuck Well, that's the was, other part, right? right? It's regulated. Yes, it's regulated in Ontario. Anywhere else in the world, no. Right. And that's the thing is like the general public doesn't know what it is. And it seems that even kins themselves, as we were talking about, me included, finished school, like I knew that when I went to university, I wanted to study kinesiology because it was the only thing that interested me. But then when I came out, it was like, okay, so now I have all this knowledge of the human body. What the fuck do I do with it? And as Mm -hmm. I said, I was thinking about occupational therapy because of my ergonomics instructor. And then I ended up going into massage. It just kind of like fell into my lap. And at least it made me feel like, okay, I'm still working in this area and working with bodies. And that's all I wanted to do. But I feel like, yeah, there needs to be some sort of some sort of education, both for professionals to really know like all of the different avenues that exist and what you can do and, you know, what your superpowers are. And then for the general public, you mm-hmm. know, if you've got issues with this, this, this and this, kinesiology is a viable option yeah. for you. Go find a registered kinesiologist and they can help you. There's just a massive disconnect, but that's also because it's all really new still. It is very new. I mean, new. 2013 is still really new. I think that yeah. there needs to honestly be a lot more information on like kind of to take a backseat to skills not that what you guys do isn't already amazing but 
What I also think is helpful is that you provide business courses as well. And I think that business courses for kinesiologists who need to be entrepreneurial. You have to be. To be. You have to mm-hmm. be entrepreneurial to be able to understand how to communicate what you do to people. And, and clearly, I'm still very much not even that. Not even just that, though. In, in a regulated profession in its infancy, when the rest of the other complementary alternative medicine that uses kins kind of uses them incorrectly, if, if you want to say it like that, mm-hmm. or misuses them because, you know, they're, they're using them for physio assistance, chiro assistance, mm-hmm. right? You have to have that. I think that at the same time, too, it's not even about, like, what the association can do for us. I think there just needs to be a lot more kins that are coming out of the woodwork to say, I'm here, I'm ready to help people, Mm. I want to create opportunities. And that's that's... what I want to do as well for myself is, you know, you guys already start paving the way for us to say, here we are, we're actually here to help you understand how to run your own businesses yourself. And especially when, like, I've been in gyms, I've been in other businesses where you kind of just feel like you're being taken advantage of because you're not really getting as much as you thought out of it. You kind of went in shiny-eyed, bright-eyed, I'm ready for experience. I'm going to take whatever I can get because I just need experience. And then you get a lot of that out of that that experience. I don't regret any of my experiences and work experiences that I've had because I've got to work with such amazing people over the years. But there's also should be more growth. There should be more opportunities to know, okay, I've gotten this experience. Now what's next for me? Here's my role. Here's how I grow in terms of being able to be a leader in the kinesiology world and even being able to be a leader in the healthcare world. I'm constantly frustrated with like the lack of resources for people in healthcare. And a lot of it's just mainly to get acute relief or to manage their severe symptoms. And then what? They just kind of end up in fear waiting to figure out whether or not they're going to get hurt again and scared to do certain things that initially caused them pain and don't go back to their sports and don't go back to exercising soon enough. And they develop this like, you know, brain connection that's saying don't do these things because it will create pain instead of identifying you need to move or else you'll be able you'll be creating these assumptions in your body. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just a whole long-winded way i have so much more lung capacity it's amazing that i even survived this long <laughs> it's, it's the running it's oh the my running. it's because i run it's now i'm a runner ball. now i run once a week for about 4k and then i die for the rest of the week <laughs> no that's not true kind of it's just it's just about being able to have good resources and that's what i like to create myself is I love just talking to kins. I love talking to people. If you, I, I always have people coming to me just saying like, oh, I know someone, they, they're looking into doing kin mm. or they did kin. They're not really sure what they can do with it. And at a certain point, like the university's job is to educate us. It's not meant to, undergrad isn't meant to prepare us no, for a no. profession. At the same time, the OKA is meant to be there for us, yep. but we also have to ask the questions. Mm-hmm. We have to go to them and we have to say, this is something that we need. And they're doing a lot of really good work in terms of trying to help us get into like the insurance world. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard in itself. And I have a feeling that's taking a lot of their resources already. And that would be a huge way that kinesiologists would be able to make their own like livelihoods. Yeah, I don't love how some insurance companies have kin lumped in with physio. Because again, as I said, doctors are already just automatically referring people to physio. And so many kins are working as physio assistants. So it's sending another message to the public that 
kin physio interchangeable mm. and still looking at physio as trumping the kins. Whereas in my opinion, I feel coming out even with an undergrad in kin, no disrespect to physios, but kins really are the movement people. And, you know, as Mark said before, kins aren't really focusing as much on like the modalities, for example, like you guys really are focusing on exercise. And I know a lot of my my clients who also go to physio say, you know, their physio might give them a sheet of exercise to do and then leave them. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a little more support if you've got a kin with you who's really assessing your movement. And I, I mean, I guess it depends on the practitioner, but I think that the insurance companies need to separate those two because I think it's undermining the kins as well saying like, oh, okay, well, you can also see a kin under your physio coverage. So I have kind of two points to make about that. One Physio has been around significantly longer than kinesiology has. Like kinesiology is like the little sister to like physiotherapy. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that we're kind of getting lumped in with physiotherapy because now people can use their physiotherapy for some insurance companies exclusively with kin. So we don't need to be signed though. My second point for that would be is that that's why we have to ask questions ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's, It's kin's responsibility to build awareness now. It's... Just because we're regulated doesn't mean that we necessarily deserve all of these things that come with it that all these professionals have built over many, many, many years. So at a certain point, yes, like we deserve more. But at the same time, we also have to create that awareness Mm -hmm. and can't just say and we have to actually fight for that. It's like we just because we're regulated and because we do good work isn't enough for them, for insurance companies to say, oh, well, like we heard like two massage therapists and a microphone. And therefore, now we believe that kinesiology <laughs> needs to be its own insurance um, like entity and that we're going to promote that to people. That's also not the role of the insurance company anyways. Like I know so many people that don't even use their insurance because they just want to save it in case they really need it. And mm-hmm. what I think is really important is being able to advocate for kin and say, you know, you can start using your insurance now and use that to help build you up and protect it. So even if you use all of it and you get injured, it won't cost you nearly as much to get better because you'll have enough treatment Mm -hmm. because you'll have a base to understand where your body was, where you need to get back to and some basic exercises that you knew you could do. um, So that when you go to treatment, you can get the most out of it and have a resource to escalate that process versus I'm waiting to get hurt. And then when I do get hurt, you're starting from scratch. You don't have any information. You don't know what your body can do. You don't really have that many resources. And then you really don't have that much until you're hurt. By the time you get hurt, a lot of it is either an acute injury that you could not have avoided or- Or you could have avoided it by getting treatment previously. Or it's because (laughs) something hasn't been working in your body for Mm -hmm. a very long time that you've been ignoring to the point that your brain is knocking on you being like, hey- I'm here now. I'm letting you know that there's an issue. So do you think, though, that your, okay, your clients, for example, do you think that people understand that they can, that kin is a regulated profession? Do you think that, I mean, I know you're obviously educating them. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there are enough kins that are educating people that this is regulated? You can use your physio coverage in some cases for kinesiology services. Do you think people are getting that? Are we there yet? I don't actually think people care at all. I don't think people actually understand that their practitioners need to be regulated and that's why in the whole process of insurance. 
I think the whole idea that we need to be good at is making it really simple for people to be able to get access to care. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter at all what our title is or what our, you know, um, regulation is. And our regulation allows us to do a lot of stuff. And our regulation allows us to create a baseline to protect the public and so that we're regulated Mm -hmm. so people know what we are. And know that we are with a body that's meant to protect them as opposed to just someone that got a certification that really doesn't have to answer to anybody and has insurance just in case something bad happens. We have insurance also because just in case something bad happens, but it's a lot of insurance for very good reason. So Mm -hmm. at the same time, I feel like there's a lot of energy put towards what we should have and these are our rights and this is what we, um, we need other people to see for us. But if we're not doing that work, how is anyone supposed to know? Absolutely. I say the same thing about massage therapists all the time because there are therapists who feel that massage therapists don't get enough respect in the healthcare field. For sure. And my response always is though like, but do you, what do your patients say? What do your clients say? Like, I know that my clients know what I do and they stick with me for a reason and they understand what I can do for them. And they know, like, I'm I'm sort of the first line for certain people when they have an injury and they'll say to me, I wanted to come see you first so you can assess it and tell me what I need to do. And if that means referring you. out, they trust me. Exactly. So I don't feel that I need this, quote, respect from anybody else because the people that matter and the people that are basically, you know, the ones that are paying me, they understand what I do. And I I know that they respect me and they trust me. And so I don't feel I need it. So I guess that's what you're saying as well. Like kins, you know, just because we're regulated doesn't mean that people should respect us. And maybe that's why a lot of kins are working as assistants, because if you want the respect, then you have to just earn it by treating people and helping people get the care that they need to get. I think this public awareness really does need to happen. And maybe mm-hmm. back to Mark's point is, you know, is the association doing enough? Maybe they need to do more in terms Mm -hmm. of this awareness because kins do do really good work, regulated or not. Mm -hmm. And I think if more people understood kinesiology Mm -hmm. as as a viable option, I think a lot of people could benefit a lot from seeing a registered kin Mm -hmm. who understands movement and who can help you feel better. For sure. Because you are absolutely correct. Nobody moves enough, myself included. I have become this chair. This is my favorite. The arm, the arm wave, because I teach, I actually have taught a lot of patients the arm wave because it's something that I was very bad at and I practiced and I'm still not great at it, but it's something I can do now. And it's really great for shoulder mobility. Do you want to tell your story about the arm wave, Mark? My story about the arm wave? No. (laughs) Didn't you spend one night in university just teaching yourself how to do that and breaking down? But breaking it down to slow motion. Yeah. Yeah. Break it down to slow motion and which joints doing what at what angle. Of, you know, yeah. I'm a nerd. Yeah, That's I think so. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, you're going to sing too, though. I don't have to sing now. I think it's about that time. Might be. What do you want me to sing? Uh, whatever, what do you whatever like you to sing? sing? I have a whole karaoke list in my phone. Are you serious? Yeah. What's the fourth song on the list? Fourth song from the top. Dun, dun, dun. But you have to sing it without the music because I don't think I'm ready to pay someone publishing rights. <laughs> <laughs> my karaoke list, my first th- four things on this list. The first one's just Adele. So just all of Adele. Second one's Dream On. Third one is Me and Mrs. Jones. I sing that one with my dad a lot because yeah. we're really good at appropriate father-daughter songs. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> this is already an hour and a half. He won't even get to this point, so he won't even hear it. And then Somebody to Love is the fourth one. All right. Well, Somebody to Love well, it is. We, we did say Queen at the beginning. I we know. did. But Somebody to Love is a much shorter song than Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody. Well, you can give us like- A bar. I'll do like the first verse. Do it. 
I'm going to look up the words because now I'm all like embarrassed and I'm probably going to get them wrong. This is what happened when I sang Valerie with my friend's band a couple months ago. <laughs> I was like, I like I heard him like he like say all the, like say a lot of the words wrong in the wrong order. And I gave him shit about it. And then he was like, next time he went to play like at like in our own backyard, I was like, I'm going to kill it. And then I went up and like was way too confident and like also forgot all the words. So it's fine. Um, <laughs> While you do that, I'll just tell you a fun fact about me. If there's one thing that I always wish I could do, it was sing. Yeah, I'm horrible. Like I Oh, I think that if tone deaf exists, like that's me, I am a horrible, horrible singer. But I have dreams that I can sing really well, because I feel like that would be like the most ultimately like fun thing I could ever do is stand up on stage and sing. I just can't sing. You can is whether you can sing well. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can sing. It is bad for the environment. So I do not. That's I have dreams that I can speak French. And that's also and do backflips. And then I wake up and I'm just like, oh, no backflips. But you can sing. You ready? Yeah. Do this. Each morning I get up, I die a little, can barely stand on my feet, take a look in the mirror and cry, Lord, what you doing to me? I've spent all my years believing you, but I just can't get no relief, Lord, somebody, oh, somebody, can anybody find me somebody to love? I felt bad I was going to do the background chorus for you, but uh, I opted not to. I was waiting for you to. I'm like, you can sing. Join <laughs> no, I her. Can't. Get out I, of here. He can sing. He just doesn't tell the world. Yeah, whatever. It's okay. Now whatever. you've told the world. If somebody want to reach out to you, mm-hmm. how do they do that? So themovementmaven.com. You can connect with me on Instagram as well at themovementmaven. You have to do the because movement maven on its own. It's already taken. So the title. Um, and I'm also, um, my email address is on there as well. It's just jglassman at themovementmaven.com. I've said that enough times that you can understand and hear me, maybe. Um, maven is M-A-V-E-N, because it sounds, I mumble a lot, so I don't know if that's perfectly clear. But, yeah, if you want to contact me, check out my website, give me feedback, you know, fan mail is always accepted. Yeah. That's basically it. Awesome. Well, thanks for hanging cool. out on our couch. Just before we I wrap it up, kins. one, one re- really quick thing, because I know a lot of massage therapists are going to hear this, and I don't want them to be confused with kinesiology and applied kinesiology. And if you don't know what applied kinesiology is, go check it out, because it's got nothing to do with kinesiology, right? It's like a manual therapy technique that's very similar to N- NKT. And I don't want people to think that that's what the fuck we're talking about. This is not what we're talking no. about. No, and I actually hate that title, applied kinesiology. It really, really fucking I feel like me. they shouldn't be able to use kinesiology in the title i mean we're a regulated health profession now so they have to be a regulated health professional to use kinesiology now Mm, that's an argument to be had for anyone that uses that modality in ontario Mm -hmm. wow cool thanks for coming by it's been cool you guys have been listening to two massage therapists in a microphone peace